0: And hey, welcome to Sunday Coffee. Bulldogs losing yesterday 31-24 to Ole Miss, and so we come back today. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, and joining us, as he did last week, from 6 Speak message board, Stephen Agostinelli. We welcome you in. Stephen, once again, you did such a nice job. We'll allow you to come back for one more week because you did not make anybody mad or offend anyone. So congratulations on getting the return call.
1: I, I feel like I'm on the uh, uh, the NBA contract. It's a week to week contract, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Well, here's the thing: one more week, and that means you've got to give a sponsorship. This is not a nonprofit, okay? We uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't you don't get the freebie for three weeks, and so you I, I, you better be having I, a fundraiser on on the message board about uh, about about having your time to come on here on Sunday mornings.
1: That's right. I have so many restaurants lined up as sponsors. So
0: i'm ready <laughs> all right uh let's let's look back at last night yesterday afternoon. just your overall thoughts uh, here are my my overall thought is is I can't recall a time, maybe two thousand six I think you know we went up there in two thousand six to play Ole Miss and with the Omar Connor being hurt, you didn't know who was going to quarterback uh, we were thinking Zach Harrington was going to be the starting quarterback that day, but we put Omar in a shotgun. And we ended up losing by three. We missed a field goal at the very end. We lose by three. And he kind of walked off the field that day. You know, we played hard, just lost by three. And you're like, okay, all right. It was just kind of a another game. I kind of felt like that last night. I don't know if it was just the effort that we played with over the last two weeks. I don't know if it's we got two more games to play. But, and hey, I hate I hate losing rivalry football games. I I, I don't like that at all. I, I don't like losing to Ole Miss. But, This year was a little different. I didn't go home and snap at my kids or, or, you know, sit there and waller in in the play-by-play last night when I went home. It just felt different. Uh, Steven, what was your thoughts?
1: A few things. One, like you said, I hate losing the Egg Bowl. I mean, it's a robbery game. It's Ole Miss, and we have to live with this for another 364 days of Ole Miss having the Egg. My biggest takeaway outside of losing the game is that there's still hope. We built upon what we did last week, and we scored points. We, we didn't look anemic on offense, and we still looked solid on defense. You know, going into the game, I thought Ole Miss would have would have just killed us. You know, as far as offensively, uh, with, with with the way our secondary depleted. but we held our own, and uh, there's still hope for this season, for the remainder of this season and next season. And you know, if we would have gone in there and gotten beaten forty-five to nothing our our satisfaction of the way the game was played would have changed. So we might have been a little bit more upset. And our hope for the season would have been lost. So those two things with the way with what transpired yesterday, those two things are true for me. We still have hope and it made the loss not sting as much.
2: It's interesting for me. Last night I was thinking about it and I kind of thought about it like a stock investor. If I'm a day trader, I'm not happy with my day yesterday. But if I'm a long-term investor, I feel better about the fundamentals. I feel even better about the company's management. And I think it's a stock you want to invest in in the long term. And so what are the things you see? Mike Leach told us as soon as he got here that the most important thing for him was to find a quarterback that can throw strikes. Will Rogers doesn't throw the deep ball like Matt Corral does. Matt Corral may be the best deep ball passer we've seen in a while. But you know what he did do? And he has done all three starts. He threw strikes. He's protecting the football. He's not turning it over. And I'll give him some credit, too. I don't know how you – you can't measure this in college the way you can with pro football, but he makes a lot of tight throws. Our receivers don't have a ton of separation. There aren't guys running wide open. He's having to make good decisions with the football. And so, all in all, I feel pretty good. We knew going into that we were going to be tested on the back end We knew that our safeties could be an issue, and they were. But I've always said that it's really important not to criticize somebody for failing to do something they're not capable of doing. I mean, We had guys put in very, very difficult positions in terms of their skill set and who they were matched up against, and they fought. They competed. Look, you're down some guys. We played 45 guys last night counting specialists. Your opponent played 61. One of the guys you lost was one of your receivers that you needed. But we fought, and you're weak a little bit at receiver. You were weak a little bit on the back end, but you competed, and I think some of those foundational pieces are there.
0: I think sometimes we kind of get lost in video game football. You know, a lot of guys play Madden or whatever, and they start running up points and they run up and down the field, and you know it really depends on you know who has the ball last. And, and football is, is not like that. Football is not video game, and and I think we're going to talk later about you know kind of what the turning points were. And for me, it was is not having a couple scoring drives, but at the end of the day, making short passes. I mean, to me, I mean to to the casual eye, that flare out to the back out of the backfield is an easy throw because the ball's only in the air for 15 yards, but. The timing of that, to put it in front of the receiver or in front of the running back for him to have the ability to make the catch and turn up field in a hurry, I mean, those are tough pitching catches. I mean, those are tough throws to make. I think our offensive line has gotten better. I, to me, the difference in this football team, and we got the, the text last night our tweet last night about what's gotten better, the wide receivers, the offensive line. Mason Miller was kind of much maligned about a month ago, the offensive line coach, but I think this offensive line is beginning, and we always said it, w- once they figure it out, they're going to get better. We had one sack last night, came in a tough time. We had two sacks last week, and all three of these sacks in the last two games have come in the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, Will Rogers, and, hey, a lot of it is Will. Some of it is Will being able to maneuver the pocket and be able to find the seams and so many times when you're a young quarterback when you're a kid back there you may hold on to it a little bit longer you may stay in the pocket a little bit longer to me it just looks like you've got a quarterback and an offensive line that are kind of on the same page right now for the first time this year steven do you agree with that
1: i do and that's one thing that you know you bring up his uh, ability to escape some pressure and he, he would move up in the pocket and then there's just a wide open lane to run. And at the beginning of the game, I was yelling at my TV for him to just take off and run. He started doing that in the second and quarter and then the second half where if, if nothing was open, he would go ahead and gain 10 or 15 yards running the football, and that's something that he needs to do more. And plus, that will help us, I think, with them dropping eight. They're going to have to put a spy on Will Rogers going forward if he starts using his legs a little bit more. And uh, he was impressive yesterday. Like you said, I mean, you got three touchdowns, no interceptions, three for over 400 yards. And, you know, you told me that at the beginning of the season that we were, we were going to end up having to start a freshman quarterback. And those are the stats he gave us in the Egg Bowl. Sign me up. He played well yesterday.
2: I think Will is a little bit underrated as an athlete because he looks like he's 12. You know, he's still got that baby face back there. That's a guy that's not through growing yet. But he is an athletic guy, and I I think it's a little bit underrated. You look at a couple of times last night, he was able to extend plays by being smart and disciplined in the pocket. He wasn't one of those guys who got happy feet, started dancing around, tried to run too early. And I thought, in fact, I I sent a text message to Bart. It's like, run the ball. And the next play, he pulled it down, ran the ball. And I think there is an element there for us that we're going to have to take advantage of going forward. I wonder, and I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder to what degree we've kind of coached him out of that a little bit. I mean, we're playing quarterback without a net right now. You know, there is there is no backup. He is it. And you wonder to what degree you know he's been told to, look, this is a passing offense, standing there to throw it. I don't know the answer, but I do know this. It was effective
1: when he ran it. Yeah, and you can be coached not to get injured, right, slide before – you're about to receive contact, and uh, he's just. I was really impressed with his play last night. It gives us. It gives us hope going forward. And I'll say one other player that I thought played really, really well, Wally. I'm not. That's not the player I'm mention. That's two weeks in a row where he's just had unreal numbers. But I thought a player that kind of showed his worth and what we thought we might get out of him for the season was Malik Heath. The fact that this is a throwaway year, we could possibly have Malik Malik Heath for what, three seasons. And I thought he played really well last night. Uh, made two big catches for touchdowns. That first touchdown, I think he got about a forty-six inch vertical to go get that ball. All
0: right, turning points. I mean, I, I know there there were some plays in there, and I know you know one of them happened early. But as far as if you know, for me, a turning point in the game was being down twenty-one fourteen and coming out in the second half. And really, it takes a while. I mean, you look at our first couple drives in the first half, our first couple drives in the second half, and it resulting in punts. And we got nothing out of coming out of the locker room. That was that was to me the big keys. I'm not going to focus on just just one play, uh, Steven, You know, looking back at the game, if if you were to go back and say, okay, this this may have been the turning point. What was it?
1: It was it was the fumble on the goal line for me. I mean, that's once the seven points, which you know you don't know how the rest of the game plays out. But if you add it at the end, we're then tied. And the call for that because there are some question marks it was definitive that Austin Williams touched the ball while he was laying out of bounds. Did the Ole Miss player have possession of it? That, that That's the tricky one. And I watched, I slow mode my DVR, went back and watched it four or five times. And it, to me, the Ole Miss player did not have full possession of the ball. So when Austin Williams is out of bounds, he's touching the ball in the end zone. Uh, it's a touchback for Ole Miss. So instead of them getting the ball at their at R15, they're getting the ball at their own twenty. And does that change the game where it doesn't automatically convert to a touchdown? I think it does. So more as you take away seven from us, and then you add seven for Ole Miss, it's a fourteen point swing. And to me, that was the the play of the game. Uh, you just you can't fumble in that situation, and then you have the opportunity where the ball maybe gets placed eighty yards back. So uh, to me, that was the play of the game.
2: All right. So Steven goes with the fumble. Bart, you go with a couple of drives where you don't score.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: just going with overall, you know, your offense pretty much in the third quarter. I mean, we only had what, 40 yards of offense in the third quarter. I'm going with third quarter offense.
2: All right, so I'm going to go outside the box here. I'm sure you will. I'm going to go with Lane Kiffin almost coaching us into that ball game last <laughs> night.
0: Um, hey, and I said that when it was going on. I mean, I was like, goodness, if Ole Miss loses this football game, their folks can go crazy.
2: They left three field goal opportunities just sitting there. And I will say this. I said this last night, too. I'll give him this. If you buy into analytics and you buy into the, look, we need seven and not three, and the three points don't help us. By the way, you get three field goals, and we're, we're sitting here talking about a very different game if they put those three points on the board three separate times. But I'll say this. At least he committed to it. I mean, he committed to the script and didn't change until the very end when he had a chance to make it a two-possession game. But – this is a day if you wake up in Oxford, you feel pretty happy, you got to win, you beat state, et cetera, et cetera. But if you have some calm reflection and you look back, there has to be a little bit of element of what was Kiffin doing? Because we're not talking about fourth and inches. We're not talking about fourth and one. We're talking about fourth and three, fourth and four. And maybe I'm too old-fashioned. Maybe I got a little too much Jackie in me, but let's kick the field goal.
1: And he had one possession, I think, in the fourth quarter it was fourth and we made the stop on third down, I think it ended up being like fourth and three on their own forty. And this is in the fourth quarter where it's still a tight game. And I got up and uh you know, wasn't paying attention. I said we're about to get a punt. And the next thing I know, Elijah Moore catches the ball for the first down. I was like, What is he doing? But uh I asked my cousin who you know, he he covers state and he was staying on this press box. The people that were there were saying that he does this all season. I didn't know it it was to this degree where he literally just does not kick a field goal when, like you're saying, Charlie, that's nine points and the whole complexion of the game changes. Where you know we start maybe taking more chances in the fourth quarter, and that game could have been a could have been you know a game that we lose by twenty or twenty five because we're starting to we're having to take more chances to try to get back into it. It was just my it, it was baffling to me of some of the. Decisions
0: he was making. Hey, that got Ed Ogeron fired. I mean, if you bat that pass down, if Marquise Spencer bats that pass down in the fourth quarter in a seven-point game, I'm not saying you fire Kiffin after one year, but I'm sitting there saying, hey, that changes the complexion of what the way a lot of fans up there feel about him. If you don't get one, hey, it's all fine and dandy when it's working, but at the yep. end
2: of the day, you're not gonna you're not gonna roll the seven on the come out that many times in a row. No, you're not. And yeah, that reminds me of one of the fourth down plays, by the way. and You know, look, I, I get it. Some people watch games, and it's kind of fun to make fun of the TV people. I did it yeah, and do it, and particularly last <laughs> night. Malik Sanders, by the way, great game for Mississippi State. Um, Malik is a heck of a player. I know <laughs> he was a good pickup. I mean, hey, we ain't seen him play all year. And boy, he was big early in our offense, wasn't he? And Matt Corral had a touchdown pass for us. So I don't know if you saw that, you know, the touchdown right before half. They call Corral with the pass to to Malik Heath. So, in any event, it, if you go back, that was one of the things about the TV that I just can't fail to comment on. It's fourth and four down at the 21, and we, we hit Corral behind the line or basically about to sack him, and he throws it up in the bleachers. And instead of the commentary being about how Ole Miss has now forsaken a field goal for the third time yeah. – the praise was the arm strength that Corral had to throw it into the bleachers. Who cares? It's a turn. It's going to be <laughs> turned over either way. Well, okay. You know,
0: here's here's my here's my defense. Is they don't see the same teams like we do every week. You know, they're learning two teams instead of one. Mm-hmm. And so,
2: <laughs> okay. What do they do all week? I mean, that's their job. They don't have to do other things. Charlie salty this morning, Stephen. I, I haven't
1: noticed. I think he. Uh, I, I thought he was going soft on the broadcasting. Booth.
0: I know it I, exactly. I woke up <laughs> with an edge. <laughs> okay, so going forward, here's the thing that I, I take away from yesterday, and which is so weird. I mean, I go back about what Charlie said early on about you know we're, we're usually this is the last game of the year, and you know that this is going to be the the final taste of football in your mouth, essentially. You know, save the bowl game, but you know bowl games are, are kind of a different weirdness in itself. But now you've got two more games to play, and now you play Auburn. Now you play Missouri. You're not going to play Missouri this week. You're going to have a week off. I mean, you know that you, you've got a lot of football left to play, and it feels just weird to have this game kind of in the middle of the season. So now here's the takeaway, okay? In two weeks when you play Auburn, you know, what's the mindset going to be? What's the mindset gonna be with Mississippi State and Auburn? And we said this in a pregame yesterday, okay, if we win this football game and Auburn gets blown out by Alabama, you know, is Auburn gonna be, you know, excited about coming over here and playing football, you know, but if we lose, how excited are we gonna be about playing football? But that Auburn game has gone back and forth all season long to a probable win, could be a win, definite loss to a probable, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, I think that thing has opened up completely. And you kind of wonder what the mindset of these two teams is going to be in two weeks. They're, you know, we're going to have a week off to get ready for Auburn. You wonder what the mindset is after both of these teams have lost rivalry football games going
1: into it. I think, like what, what I said, of you know, earlier in the show, is that once for state, it does. We still have hope. You now, if we'd have lost this game forty-five to three, you go into the next couple of weeks with just whatever we have to do to get through the end of the season. But now. We've had two good games of, of a solid offensive performance. We've had a defense that's been solid all year. Uh, we have a, we have a, a week off, which means we, we return more players on defense, where that would have helped us yesterday too, to maybe with some pass rush. And Texas A&M is playing Auburn on December fifth now, so we go into that Auburn game with I think a very good opportunity to beat them. You'd ask me before the Georgia game, are we going to beat Auburn? I have said it's, it's very slim to non chance now. I'm I'm almost in my head saying I'm I'm thinking we win, not that we play close. The fact we're building on solid performances for the past couple of weeks is huge for this team, for the fan base, and we have something to look forward to to finish out the season. Like you said, it's weird. The Ole Miss game's not the last one. So now we have a couple of of games left, and then whatever happens with bowl season, there is a, I would say, mild sense of excitement going forward uh, with our program. You know, you want to win. Wins always make you a little bit more excited. But I, th- I think we—the biggest word is—we have hope going forward, and we've had two weeks of solid performances.
2: I so bad want to play next week. I wish we could pay George off and get Vandy to come down here and play again. <laughs> give me, give me anybody. South give Carolina, South Carolina. What are they? They're playing Kentucky next week. I would really like to get this team back. And isn't it just so typical SEC football as it relates to Mississippi State? that for the past two weeks when we've had guys out, guys who matter out because of protocols and the like, they'll be back next week when we actually will have more guys than we've had the past couple, and that's the week we don't get to play. So we get to go to Georgia without them, but we can't find anybody to play when we're going to have them back. All that being said, as bad as I want to play, I thought going into that Georgia game, our offensive line showed significant improvement, and I have to chalk some of that up to that extra week of just kind of open-date practice, some basic getting back to the fundamentals. I thought they looked night and day better than they had the timeout before. And so maybe it helps you. You know, if Texas A&M can go over and put a good win on Auburn, then all of a sudden, you know, that just kind of adds to your confidence going into that game.
0: Here's what I've said all along, and, you know, and I kind of hate to say it this way, but my fear all along with the season being pushed back and we've had so many opt-outs, and I'm I'm trying not to look at this in the glass half empty because I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Charlie, as as you know.
2: Oh, well documented.
0: Yes. <laughs> but but what ha- what has what I've said all along was this is the time where it kind of gets scary for opt-outs. Okay, this is a situation of you had graduation last week. Mississippi State is not going back to school. For a while, okay, you've got kids on campus now, they've played the Egg Bowl, they played the old Miss game, and now it's a situation of all the other kids are off of campus. to me, this has always been the worrisome time for having opt outs and so you you hope. That you're done with it. You hope that you're past that, and so. But this is the time frame. I really wasn't worried about it early in the year, but we had some. But this is the time frame right now. What not just at Mississippi State? I think you may see a lot of this in college football starting right now.
2: Yeah, and I think it's as you point out, much bigger than just Mississippi State. It's going to happen all over the country. And what I wonder is. To what degree do a lot of games get canceled just because teams don't have enough guys? I think one of the things that most people do not understand is the amount of outside pressure that is placed on these athletes to do things. I mean, to take a stand on an issue, to leave early. If every guy who is being told they were first-round talent was actually first-round talent, the NFL would have 100 teams. It's phenomenal how many people – and, again, this is not – I'm not talking about Mississippi State. I'm talking about college football as a whole. All over the country, if you're sitting there at 2-5 and five, Tennessee, all right, they played number six Florida next week. Boy, if you're a guy – think about the pressure on guys not to play in bowl games because they're meaningless and they don't matter. What matters to Tennessee next week? Not much. Does saving Jeremy Pruitt's job motivate you to get off the couch and go play?
0: And what they're being told is this, hey, man, listen, you get hurt right now. You're not going to play in spring practice. Nobody's going to want you. Hey, we we got two or three weeks to figure out where you can go. If you play through December the 19th, you're not going to have a turnaround to, to try to transfer somewhere. You're not going to be in the portal long. And you've got an excuse built in. Yeah, I mean, it's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. people don't understand about what is in a lot of these guys' ears. And I'm not talking about just Mississippi State. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about everywhere. And so that's that's the scary part of kind of getting this deep in the season and pushing things back and pushing things back and pushing things back is, okay, hey, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a situation where some teams are going to be real, real lean in the month of December.
1: I have a question for y'all. You have mentioned opt-outs and players leaving. Is there a chance of any senior returning? From our Ross. Now, you got Marquis Spencer, Kobe Jones, Greg Island. Uh, is it Eland or Island? I can never remember the pronunciation. It's Island. It's Island. He, okay.
0: Isn't he originally from Louisville? Is he? There's a bunch of islands from Louisville. Bunch of islands in Louisville. But I want to say, and I may be completely wrong, because there's not a whole lot of distance between Philadelphia and, and Louisville. I always knew I liked that kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but is there any chance for any of these seniors returning within our roster? Or do you think they just said, I've reached it and let's move on?
0: I think yeah, the best answer is I don't know. I have no idea.
2: Yeah, I've heard rumors both ways on some, and I think a lot of them it's just going to be a question of – I think the answer may be different today than it is in April, than it is in March, meaning right now when you've kind of gotten beat down a little bit, it's easy to have one view. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what those views are and decisions are when you come back in January and February.
1: It'll just be interesting to see. I'm curious. That's across the board for any teams, there any seniors that you know that are, would come back. Obviously, maybe if you don't have a chance at the NFL, you know, but I think all the players I mentioned are are at least going to be a free agent signing at the very least. So it'll it'll be interesting going forward to see what decision they make.
2: Yeah, it's interesting too. We talk so much about recruiting, and you think about recruiting the hallways of the high school. It may be important to recruit the hallways of the seal building. And convince some of those guys that they want to play another
1: year. That, that was the point a buddy of mine made in the group text. Was that the biggest recruits might be return? That's what maybe asked the question. Uh, would be the would be senior recruiting if we could get any of those guys back, especially on defense. You know, uh, losing Kobe Jones and Mark Spencer. I think they've both had a solid senior campaign, and uh, but keep for it's
2: huge. And Kobe Jones has importance beyond the stat sheet. Anybody you talk to around that team will tell you that Kobe Jones is really one of the guys who holds it together, that he is one of the true leaders that people look to. And, you know, a lot of times we start to think about who the leaders are, and you want to look at the stat sheet and think of who the statistical leaders are. But a lot of times the emotional leaders are very different, and Kobe Jones has very much been one of those guys. Let me ask you guys something. Right now in this offense, obviously we talk about – Needing quarterback play, I think we could probably all agree that we're where we need to be. There, I mean, Rodgers is doing all you could, all you could hope he could do as a freshman. Where do you guys see our receiver play right now?
1: Promising. You got Wally, who stepped up to be—I think I tweeted this last night—but essentially a Jay Rice for our roster. I Me mean, just catching everything that's coming his way. You have Malik Heath, who, in theory, will have two more years of eligibility after this season. He stepped up yesterday. You have Tulu, who had, he hasn't really had that much playing time, but everyone talked about how he he looked in practice. We just got to have some, some some more guys step up. You have so many receivers you know, in that all been past. You know, those, at least the first two. I don't know what our depth looks like past that, and so there's obviously some em- emphasis in recruiting to kind of maybe fill out the roster a little bit more with some more impact players, but uh. Jaden Wiley has me ridiculously excited for this offense going forward and seeing what he can do for the remainder of his career.
0: Here's the thing. I think it's positive. One is, you know, people want to play receiver for Mike Leach. And I think you're gonna see like you said, Stephen, I think just the you know, having a bulk of receivers is going to be key for this offense and not just having, you know, three, four, or five. When you've got seven or eight, that's what really makes this offense click. And he's going to throw it to a lot of different guys. That's the thing that makes this offense go. And so I, I, th- I think getting more depth is going to be the issue. You've got some top-end talent, like you said, with, with Jaden Wiley, with Malik Heath and some of these guys. But I think getting some newcomers in, getting some you know some legitimate deep threats is going to be key. And so, yeah, I think that – hey, before we go, and we're about time to wrap up here, you know, just kind of looking back, and I, I just want to make sure that, you know, I drive the point home. You know, just because early on I said, hey, this game, you know, it was kind of ho-hum, doesn't mean it's not a big deal. I mean, this this game, the State on Miss game, will always be – a big deal. It's a big deal for Mississippi State. It's and Regardless of what they say, it's a big deal for Ole Miss. They passed out hats yesterday. You know what? And my thought is, hey, congratulations. Those kids deserve it. And they think it's excited. Lane Kiffin said after the game, hey, those kids feel like it was a Super Bowl. You know what? Congratulations. That's the way it should feel, and a rivalry should feel.
1: But I don't want to ever hear from their fans that this is not a big game, and they should leave the trophy on the field. Yesterday, they proved what it meant to Ole Miss, and their ridiculous approach to this game just always makes me white knuckle every time. So That's my statement about that, Bart and Charlie.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Look, I, I'm i not uh, despondent because, again, I'm taking a long view. It's 2020. You know, uh, Bart, I kind of threw the ball there on the receiver question. I was looking for the return pass to the top of the key. But uh, much like feeding it inside to Abdullah do sometimes it's not just going to kick back out to you. So I want to plug real quick. The guy that I thought had a nice game was Spivey last night. That's another guy that we talk about. There are guys on this roster who I think are going to give us hope. So now to circle back to your question, why am I not despondent? You're you're being Jason
0: Crowder. You just asked the question and answered the question, and now i about to ask another question. But
2: Go ahead. That's all right. No, I am answering your question, Bart, and that is this. Why am I not despondent? Because I saw Jaden Wally go up and make one of the toughest catches – that we've seen a state player make in a long time where he knew the safety was coming over, and that guy's a freshman, and the guy throwing it to him was a freshman. And I saw Spivey, who's a sophomore, Edmond use much, make some nice plays, some very difficult catches. And so we may not have a ton of guys, and boy, we're going to have to find some, but the guys that we have are playing hard. And at the end of the day, if you go out and you give your best effort and you play as good as you can, what's to be mad about? I mean, why am I waking up? Why would I wake up upset? I mean, sure, I wish we'd have won, but I feel like the guys we had gave it everything they had, and so you you see guys like that stepping up. You know, hey, I'm not happy we lost, but I can find some pride in the way that our team competed.
0: Hey, in 2008, when we go there and get punched in the mouth, I mean, it ended up being 45 to nothing when it could have been a lot worse. Sometimes sometimes in a rivalry game when the, when the balloon pops, you just can't get it back. I thought yesterday, even though we got punched in the mouth early, we had some, some things happen to us early on that were tough. We rebounded and played hard the rest of the way. And like you said, Charlie, that's, that's kind of all I can ask. Steven, hey, we appreciate you joining us again. Like I said, you can go ahead and start having that fundraiser if you want to be back with us again because we're, we're going to have to take some uh, some sponsorship money for the Sunday show.
2: Be careful. We're, we got a celebrity on here. He may be wanting an appearance fee.
1: You know what, Charlie? You want to be my agent? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't like the way you think. I do not like
0: the way you think. <laughs> Stephen, uh, good, good stuff as always. And uh, each uh, each week on Thursday, we have our out of left field show. It's brought to you by Farm Bureau, Country Pleasing Sausage, and Cannon Ford of Starkville. We'll have that for you this week. Last week we were going to have the show, and then we realized on Thursday night, hey, it's Thanksgiving. A lot of you guys are probably not going to be listening to uh, to a show or podcast or whatever, so we're going to be back this week during the off week and kind of setting the table for you for the last two games for Mississippi State in football and also have a little basketball to talk about. Mississippi State mm-hmm. playing uh, starting men's basketball this past week. And we... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Open up women's basketball season today, later today. Of course, that game is just radio only, no fans allowed, no TV broadcast. New head coach, top ten team. So, anyway, uh, they'll be back in action on Wednesday night. So, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about in this week's show of Out of Left Field. So, for Charlie Winfield and Stephen Agustinelli of the Six-Pack Speak Message Board, I'm Bark Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on this Sunday morning.